Hello and welcome to Irrationally Rational, the podcast where there is no true concept of right or wrong. Together, let us explore fascinating topics with the intent of exploring the rationalities that lie within the irrational. The goal of this podcast is not to be right or wrong, but to instead explore topics and see what can happen. This is the Irrationally Rational Podcast. On today's episode, we're going to discuss first principles, boundaries, learning to establish boundaries when it comes to applying first principles in your life in general. So I'm going to start off by stating the case on why when you're practicing first principles, you should really think about how you're going to proceed about growing your understanding of first principles to begin with, because depending on the subject that you're going to step into, you need to be able to really at least have an idea of the possible dangers that may apply. So let me give you an example. If you're talking about a subject that has really nothing to do with you, like let's say that you're, you're studying you're studying a certain metal or you're studying a tangible object that does not really apply to you, then sure, it's perfectly okay to take that object and try and break it down as far as you can to the molecular level in an attempt to truly understand every conceivable thing about it. That's perfectly fine and applies perfectly to sciences and any other field. The problem, however, is when you're trying to take first principles into your personal life, if you get good enough and if you're honest enough with your first principles, it can get really dark really quickly. And if you've noticed, whenever I've done my lines of thinking here, when I speak internally about my first principles, or excuse me, when I speak internally and I use first principles for my personal life, if you notice, it tends to be very short, no more than than three concurrent lines of thinking from a top to bottom scale. And I do that specifically because naturally doing first principles or a version of first principles my entire life, there's been several instances where I didn't have the experience to establish those boundaries. And then what originally started as a goal quickly turned into a borderline depressing episode because I realized the answer that I was looking for was not exactly the answer that I was hoping for. So let me give you an example, and we're going to dive deep here. So let's say that my relationship, I, re- I, broke, I broke up with a girlfriend or my relationship failed. Okay, so why could have my relationship failed? Well, a possible reason could be because we didn't talk very much. Okay, why didn't we talk very much? We didn't talk very much because I was busy. Okay, why were you busy? Well, I was busy because I was working. Okay, but could there be a possible different factor other than we were we were very, other than I was very busy? Yes, regardless of me being very busy, I could have found time to talk to her more often. Okay, well, why didn't you talk to her very often when you were there with her. Well, I didn't talk to her very much because I was tired and uh, she would be frustrated when I get home. Okay, well, being tired is fairly understandable if you're working a lot, but when you work home, why would she be frustrated? She would be frustrated because we weren't spending enough quality time 
when we were together? And why were we not spending quality time? We were not spending quality time because I didn't want to deal with the emotional baggage or the burden of the issues that were present. Okay, and what issues were present there? Some issues that were present there was I didn't want to talk to her about certain uh, vulnerable topics. Why didn't you want to talk to her about those vulnerable topics? I didn't want to talk to her about those vulnerable topics because I just got to work. And then the emotional baggage that it would take to say those things, whatever things they may be, would have been a, a heavy cost. But ultimately, why didn't you share that emotional baggage? I didn't share that emotional baggage because I didn't feel safe enough to share that with my partner. And why didn't you feel safe enough to share that with your partner? I didn't feel safe enough because I don't think I feel safe sharing with anyone. And why don't you think that you feel safe enough to share with anyone? I don't think I feel safe sharing with anyone because my entire life I've had issues trusting my parents and my dad, my dad especially. Why didn't you feel safe enough trusting your dad? I didn't feel safe trusting my dad because whenever we talked or whenever I did something wrong, he would harass me and abuse me when I, I did something wrong. Now, in that example, I mean, it's, it's easy to see the level of intimacy and the level of intensity that went through that explanation. And for context here, that explanation was like 50% made up, but there was a fair amount of it that had some truths in that explanation. But I purposely made it that way because... I wanted to make it 50% emotional and 50% rational to try and explain my positioning. And I hope I did at least an okay job on that. But the entire point of what I'm trying to say is that was some dark shit, man. That was, that was intense. And when you're trying to apply a goal, when you're trying to think of something, it really does take practice in my opinion to really focus in on only the areas or the topics that are relevant to whatever goal you're trying to apply. And uh, for full context, yeah, if I, if I really want to, I can take my first principles line of thinking when it comes to internal soul searching to that level. But I also understand that there is a place and there is a time to apply such a debt level of first principles thinking when it comes to internal soul searching because the cost that it applies to come to such a heavy realization is, is pretty tremendous. And uh, fully understand and fully accept that if you really do, if you're serious about applying first principles, then when it comes to internal and internal growth, you have to really, really, really recognize that there is a very good chance that you're not going to like the answers that you that you hear. But I also can guarantee you, because I, I literally lead by example here, where 
if you manage to break through, you manage to start removing your pride and start focusing on exploration instead of being right or wrong, and you do things like go to therapy and you begin learning and you begin researching and you begin realizing, you know, the goods and the bads of life and your life and everything that you've gone through, you leave yourself in this absolutely beautiful position where you could see the world in a completely different manner. You leave yourself in a position where you can have the power to begin or eventually get over your traumas. There is an endless amount of possibilities that can happen that are good, but you have to be willing to go through the incredible dark sides, the hell that lies within the overwhelming amount of work that your brain has done to protect yourself from all the shit that's happened in your life. And even if you don't have something really traumatic that's happened to you, at regardless, it's, it's good practice in general, even if you feel like you're a normal human being, just to be able to check your rationalities and make sure that you have enough control where you can apply a rationality to it. Because it really can help you. It can be especially beneficial with with your partners. Think about this. Think about, you know, an irrational moment where your partner's mad at you and it seems like there's no real reason to it. Okay, well, if you got good enough with handling irrational and emotional moments, you could turn around and go, so if I were to fight directly with my partner, this would lead to a bad outcome. How about we be we remain honest but instead of responding with anger or with sternness or with the same body language and tone that my partner is responding how about i respond with a little bit of playful fighting so if somebody raises their voice to me i'm not necessarily going to cower down but i'm going to acknowledge her position but i'm going to let it be known that hey come on now like you can't fucking talk to me like that let me give you an example. So, and for the record, this concept of play fighting was introduced to me very recently, and I'm still working through this, so this is not something I have even a, a fair understanding in, but it's something I'm interested in learning. So, apologize for the uh, lack of mastering in this topic, but I'm going to do my very best. So what my picture of play fighting would be is I'm picturing an angry partner be like, why did you come home so late? And then you'd be like, well, I did come home late, but don't you think you might be overreacting a teeny tiny bit? It's like, then her response could possibly be like, well, okay, maybe, but still. And, and then it, it can be easier to, to just not have a such a I don't know. I genuinely don't know. And I would absolutely love to get your guys' opinions on this matter. And uh, for anybody interested, please literally join my Twitter, search for Rationally Rational Podcast, and just share your opinions because this is literally something that I want to figure out. All right, guys. I want to thank you guys for listening and I hope you have a great day. This concludes today's podcast. Thank you very much for listening. If you liked what you heard, even if you didn't like it, let's get a discussion going. Join us on Twitter, search for Irrationally Rational Podcast, and on Facebook, search for Irrationally Rational Podcast as well.